0: Welcome to episode three of the AWPT podcast where we're gonna be talking about training in the menstrual cycle. Yeah in our new podcast studio slash AWPT headquarters slash, slash. my spare room <laughs> at home with I Kmart Kmart Chairs and and Kmart uh, rug. Rug and IKEA. This is IKEA, this like little it. shelf. We like the shelf. Yeah. Um but yeah, let's get into it. It's a continuation of Yeah, two weeks ago we spoke about menstrual cycle, menstrual cycle dysfunction. So today I just wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, training in the menstrual cycle and how we can kind of adjust our training and the considerations we can make during different times of the cycle. And then I guess as well we can kind of integrate a little bit on how the pill will affect that because I know that's one question that I get quite a lot whenever we post something about like cycle syncing mm-hmm. or like training considerations around the menstrual cycle. One big question is how does the pill yep. affect that? And, and that'll be something that maybe you can touch on. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit later as well. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to hand it to you. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to interview I'm me this interview. time. <laughs> Excellent. I forgot to, uh, take one ear off because I can't hear anything so so I feel weird interviewing you (laughs) I used to do interviews as a kid like me and my best friend used to just make up the weirdest shit and just do like weird ass interviews it's so funny yeah um
1: so I guess you touch on this in the eight-week course on AWPT and we go deeper into it um on the menstrual cycle course but what would you say is the main thing what's happening throughout the cycle as far as what's happening to the body what do we need to be mindful of when potentially
0: training our clients or programming for our clients yeah, well, I know you've spoken about this a lot, like um, how you first got into all of this and like noticing that, and I noticed it too, like I noticed there was this weird pattern where it was like every sort of three weeks, the your client would come in and it, it would seem like you're making progress. And then like on that fourth week, it was kind of like you kind of took two steps back. It felt yeah. like you were taking two steps back. And I was like, yeah, like I noticed it. I didn't know why Mm -hmm. at the time, like same thing. I was like, is it the, like one of my clients would come in and be like, oh, it's the moon. It's the full moon. And (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, it's the moon. Okay. Like everyone's feeling a little bit, like if you're on the same sort of cycle And then it's like there is such a more scientific reason rather than blaming the moon. Um, But it's the menstrual cycle. And, yeah, there are fluctuations with our hormones, which we've spoken about through the month. Mm -hmm. And, again, like one of the biggest things we sort of teach in the course is like every woman is different. She's going to experience her cycle differently. So that's like one of the first disclaimers that I would sort of say and therefore, you know, some women may not need to adjust their training necessarily, or we don't need to necessarily, you know, program specifically for our cycle. You know, we still want to take into consideration those basic training principles, mm-hmm. progressive overload, all those kinds of things. But, you know, we do need to consider the menstrual cycle and take into considerations through different times of the month because there are going to be changes in hormones. Yeah. And so, you know... I guess the biggest thing is previously it's kind of thought that when a woman is bleeding, she shouldn't exercise or it's a really bad time to exercise. Whereas like when we have a look at what's kind of happening with the hormones, they are quite stable yeah. during this phase. They're probably the most stable that they are throughout the entire yeah. month. And so it can be, you know, quite a uh, effective, optimal, I guess, time to train. Mm-hmm. You know, given that she doesn't have some sort of menstrual cycle dysfunction, and she's experiencing like a painful period or a heavy yeah. period or whatever, but usually, you know, we're coming down. We're we're seeing that drop in estrogen from that PMS phase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me personally, I know that um, you know the second day of my cycle is probably when I feel the crappiest, and yeah. then the third day I'm feeling better, and mm-hmm. I'm like sweet. Um, for the rest of the the bleeding phase, the menstruation, um, but yeah, again, like it's going to be really dependent. And then, sort of like through that through that late follicular phase, once bleeding stops, you know, we start to see that rise in estrogen again and you know leading up to ovulation where you know just before ovulation that's where they're going to peak mm-hmm. you know we do see that rise in energy generally some women again like with that peak can feel flat or watery yeah. or whatever yeah um but you know this is a time where she's fertile like she's mm-hmm. becoming more fertile so you know energy is high she might be looking for a mate <laughs> potentially if she's fertile <laughs> Yeah, Get, getting risque with it High energy levels associated as well with like a drop in appetite. So, you know, a really good time to, you know, push our training Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, But one thing we do need to be wary of during this time is, you know, the link between estrogen and ligament laxity. And so, yeah, there is going to be that... um,
1: I can you know, speak from experience on this as well because I did my ACL around ovulation. Yeah, and there's been like research to like back that up as well.
0: Um, I think they did like a study on like f- uh, young females. I
1: can't remember what it was, but yeah, yeah.
0: there was a study on um, female uh, AFL players because yeah. AFL as well is like really high risk of mm-hmm. ligament injuries, like an- rolled ankles, like yeah. ACL injuries. You know, we spoke about, I don't know, if we haven't spoken about on the podcast yet, like the anatomy, like the, mm-hmm. the cue angle and things like that, but because of our knee mm-hmm. anatomy and things like that, um, yeah, they did say mm-hmm. that and you've experienced it yeah, as well. Um, Netball's just a shit sport anyway, but <laughs> I was netball. <laughs> I was a soccer girl <laughs> growing up. I was a bit of a tomboy. Yeah. So I didn't do the whole netball, yeah. like jarring yeah. thing, but, um. But touching on that, um, that
1: some women do find around ovulation, they can get a little bit, you know, um, some, some women do experience like lethargy or even change of mood and not for like, not, not a positive impact as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's like worth checking in with your client around ovulation or, you know, um.
0: Suspected ovula- ovulation. Yeah. 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 Suspected ovulation. <laughs> we are – yeah, I mean, like, you should be checking in with your clients weekly. Yeah. Anyway, definitely. and, and like, having that as a question on their check-in yeah. or, like, asking them if you're in person, like, what um, – like, how, yeah, like, literally just, like, how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah so.
1: because as well – and this is going a little bit off topic, but I know from my own experience – I also gain weight around ovulation as well. Mm. And so it's ovulation and then leading into the bleed is where my weight fluctuates. Mm. And so that can impact, you know, how a woman is feeling about herself and how she turns up in training. And, you know, we need to take into that, that into consideration as well. So, um, yeah, always check in like weekly with your clients, where they're at in their cycle, um, and yeah, I know we've gone a little bit off topic, but, uh,
0: weight does fluctuate around ovulation. No, we like off topic. That's what we do. <laughs> we go down, we go down rabbit holes and, um, yeah, I think about, on I, tangents. Yeah. I think I put about one and a half kilos on around ovulation. Yeah. And yeah. like in saying that it's not necessarily fat, like it's, no, it's, it's water. water. Yeah, yeah. Water yeah. retention. Yeah. 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 And bloating and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And then post ovulation so if we if we enter into more of that luteal phase um that's when we're going to see that drop in estrogen we're going to see that rise in progesterone and uh that can usually you know you've spoken about this before where you've said like progesterone is like the break estrogen is the driver and mm-hmm. progesterone is kind of like the break um progesterone as we know, increases our core body temperature, increases our metabolism. So, um, you know, energy expenditure is going to go up. It can also increase like our cardiovascular strain and also decrease our time to exhaustion. So again, individual dependent, but Mm -hmm. it might be a time where we can like potentially pull back a little bit or or anticipate a pullback. But, you know, if she's feeling good, You know with the lower estrogen you know decreased risk of injury and probably feeling a lot more stable you know you can and this is the part of the cycle which
1: i find varies for 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 the woman woman to woman it varies and so that's why it pays to um you know treat the woman as an individual like i'll use myself as an example I have this ovulation high, I call it the ovulation high. (laughs) And for me, it goes till about day 21. So my cycle is about day 27 and about around day 21, day 22 is where I see that change in energy or that change in um, strength, that kind of stuff, change in mood. Um, And then, but some people notice a difference straight after ovulation. So it really does come down to um, the individual. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah, I find I don't notice too much of a change. The biggest change that I notice is like literally the day before I bleed, I am ravenous. <laughs> I am ravenous and I'm like, why am I eating so much? Like why, why do I want to eat so much? Like, yeah. And yeah, it's literally the day before, next day it comes and I'm like, ah, yeah, sweet. Mm-hmm. Glad we have a reason. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's why it is just so important to track as well. Like, mm-hmm. just you know, we've spoken about tracking the cycle and, and sort of listing the symptoms. Yeah. Even. Um, yeah. And empowering
1: the the client to kind of self regulate as well. Like we've spoken about this bef- before like empowering them and, and teaching them how to track and what the actual menstrual cycle what's actually happening and for them to check in with the, with their cells um, so I think that's um, a powerful tool to kind of give your client um, let them self-regulate rather than you tell them what to do and and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah
0: exactly yeah it is it is really interesting yeah um, You know, because we speak about this and we speak about you know training and the cycle and things, but we've said this before. No system exists in isolation. Mm -hmm. You know, they might have just had a shit like you know you might be around ovulation or like you know in the follicular phase and you're making strength gains and all this sort of stuff, and then you know one day they have a shit sleep or had a stressful day at work or a stressful day with the family or all sorts of things can throw off you know, you're training for that day, you know, we've s- sort of spoken about yeah. not kind of like putting such an emphasis on that one thing yeah. because it could be anything mm-hmm. like, and even, I think you've spoken about this before, like on social media and things like that, the nocebo, like no-cibo, don't nocebo yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't just be like, Oh, like, you know, because I'm here because in my I'm cycle, here. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to have train. a shit training session. Exactly. Yeah, some, yeah.
1: That definitely, and that's why I'm like checking with yourself, checking in with like outside factors as well, like sleep, nutrition, hydration. Those things that you can control mm. um, is really important. Like some of my clients who have hurt themselves in that luteal phase, it's usually because it's other factors as well. Like they've had a shit sleep, they've been drinking booze that week, they're mm. dehydrated. Um, they did an extra training session that wasn't part of the program like (laughs) all these other factors and it just so happened to you know happen around that luteal phase or just before their period so
0: yeah 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 for sure because there are so many factors that go into into training and into Mm -hmm. how you feel, and that's why i think it's so important like in today's society, we have so much noise. Mm-hmm. Like there is so much going on. We're thinking about so many things. I know I'm guilty of this too. And you kind of forget to check in with yourself. Yes. Until it's too totally. late. Like yeah. I know something last week yeah. happened with you. You, yeah. you were just like, your body was just like, I'm yeah. I'm burning the candle <laughs> at both ends. It's yeah. like you, and same with me as well. Like you ask me, Questions, you're like are you stressed or something yeah. like you notice something or whatever and i'm like i don't feel stressed but mm-hmm. then when you kind of check in it's like hmm like i have i do feel like i'm like breathing shallow yeah. i do feel like um you know my mind is everywhere but mm-hmm. you don't like stop and notice yeah too often that's why yeah like implementing those practices we spoke about you know meditation journaling can be really you know, beneficial and just like stopping, slowing down and mm-hmm. just checking in with yourself as well. Like, how do I feel today? Um, as well, like, you know, both of us wear these, these aura rings, which give us information. And sometimes, you know, I look at it and I'm like, it's like, your readiness score is like great, but then I'm feeling like yeah. not great. Or like, it's like, you sleep with shit or readiness score is yeah. like down and it's like well i actually feel really good yeah I don't know, like i'm it's gonna like go smash we've, it we've as a, as a
1: society we've outsourced all of our kind of metrics like whether it be an aura ring or a coach or something like that to tell us how we're feeling rather than checking in with ourselves. Mm. um so yeah
0: it's um yeah yeah <laughs> Um, moving on now, I guess to how the pill affects, like this this idea of like cycle mm-hmm. syncing and um, the considerations, you know, that we make with a let's go quote unquote normal or like you know a natural cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see? Because there are so many different types. Like there are so many different types of hormonal contraception. We've got pills, patches implants marina rods all mm-hmm. the all, all that injections whatever yep. um first of all like it does it change or does it matter which hormonal contraception you're taking whether because we know like estrogen is kind of steady with most of them and then we see these rises in progesterone whether it's monophasic diphasic yep. quadriphasic or whatever um does it become completely irrelevant this this idea of like cycle sinking what's in your experience mm-hmm. like with women on the pill what considerations can they should they do they need yeah. to make? I think that's an awesome
1: question. I don't actually work with many people that are on the pill so it's really I, I get a little women that come to me and I'm either phasing them off the pill because they've had XYZ happen to them because of the pill. Um, so I, I think I work with one woman at the moment who is on the pill, um, but yeah, they're not experiencing a cycle, but I don't think that we should disregard what they're experiencing on that, that, that pill and whether that be a bleed, uh, whether it be mood swings, whether it be, you know, whatever they're experiencing. So still get them to to track just knowing that they're not actually experiencing a menstrual cycle still get them to track their energy and emotions because i think that's that's really important as well you know if someone is on say the implanon and again this is speaking from experience i was on the implanon i didn't feel any emotions whatsoever i was like a walking zombie i didn't cry i didn't laugh i was just like didn't feel anything, yeah. and so now knowing what I know, that was the implant on that was the progestin that was impacting my mood. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely check in with your clients. Um, can it impact their? Can the peel impact their training? Well, yeah, it can. If they're experiencing, um, if they're experiencing symptoms from the peel, whether that be weight gain or whether it be inflammation, whether it be nutrient deficiencies, it's going to negatively impact their, their training and their recovery yeah. and potentially muscle um, growth as well. So I think, yeah, taking into consideration what that person is feeling um, throughout the cycle or the fake cycle is mm. definitely important and there's other situations where people will start experiencing heavy bleeds all of a sudden or they'll bleed for two weeks and then that's going to impact that's going to impact a woman that's going to impact so many things if she's bleeding for two weeks of of, of four then mm. yeah that's definitely something that needs to be addressed so
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, tracking patterns, I think, because that's, that's, that was just intuitive. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've spoken about this intuitive and in what we kind of recognize in our clients every, you know, three to four weeks. Um, yeah, just seeing patterns and noticing patterns and trends and whether at certain times, you know, the same thing happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, is yeah one of the first ways you can do. Like, we can get real, like, biometric and technical and, and – collect all the data and things like that you know we can track our temperature daily Mm -hmm. and sort of see all that but again just tuning in like as women we are we do tend to be more intuitive and so just checking in with yourself and um and you know it might not necessarily be you design this elaborate training program where you know you're you know peaking Mm -hmm. around ovulation or like pre-ovulation and then, um, and then deloading like during that PMS phase, like it can be, you know, you can auto-regulate and that, like I speak about this, you know, is the difference between the science of programming and the art of coaching. And, you know, you, the coach listening to this, like you have that ability, you know, like trust that instinct Mm -hmm. Um, and tune in with your client and, and talk to your client and be able to, you know, stray from what's actually programmed, like auto-regulate your client's programming based off what they're experiencing that day. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, one, one consideration I make is like, you know, yes, like around follicular phase ovulation, you know, we do see higher levels of energy and strength and things like that. Um, But, you know, we spoke about that ligament laxity thing, and if your client's looking unstable, instead of going for, say, a low bar squat, change them up to a leg press where they're more supported, can still go high output, but, Mm. you know, in the gym we are really safe. Like, it is probably one of the safest environments for exercise and for training because everything is controlled Mm -hmm. it's it's you know we have a controlled environment where we have symmetrical weights that we can use and we have more stable versus less stable exercises and you know choosing exercises based off what the goal of the client and Mm -hmm. you know what's sort of going to suit them best yeah
1: and then all i mean we haven't even touched on menstrual cycle dysfunction and how that impacts training and, and we dive deeper into that In the course, but yeah, if someone's got endo and they're having an endo flare up, their training's got to change. Like Mm. they're gonna they're gonna be in pain. Uh, A lot of things, um, you know, it's inflammation in the body, and training is a stress on the body, which can cause inflammation. So, the way you train, if if some way you train a client when they're going through an endo flare up is um, really important. So. Yeah, yeah, and same with PCOS as well, you know, depending on what type of PCOS. um, I mean, PCOS not so much as endo, but you still need to be mindful of um, what they're experiencing. And, you know, (laughs) if someone is estrogen dominant because they're not ovulating as well, um, and not producing progesterone, they're also going to run into issues with training. They might run into more burnout and more, um, you know, gut issues as well. So,
0: which again,
1: impacts training. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's managing all the levels of those different kinds of things. So, Mm -hmm. um, I guess like, what are some considerations that you would implement for someone who has endo in their training
1: yeah so with someone with endo i'd be looking at their gut health um which yeah we'll speak about in the course <laughs> but looking at their gut health because we'll leave that for another podcast yeah. as well yeah we'll do a podcast <laughs> um on. looking at mm-hmm. gut health and what potentially pe- people with endo usually have a compromised gut and there's something it, endo is because it's uh, an inflammatory inf- disease. Yeah, it's an yeah. inflammatory disease. It's an autoimmune disease. So um, something is driving that endo flare up. What, what is it? And so are they going to the toilet every single day? We need to be checking in with yeah. our endo clients if they have bowel movements every day and if they're you know what the balance what the bowel look movements like. look like. Bristol <laughs> Bristol stool scale yep. or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, Bristol stool chart. Um, you know, are they do they have diarrhea? Do they have constipation? Are they not going to the toilet for three days? Like that's not normal. We need to be addressing that. And so if they have a compromised gut, they're not going to be absorbing nutrients to then aid recovery um so it's also going to be uncomfortable to exercise uncomfortable yeah you're i constipated mean, or I, I running to the toilet yeah i don't have um i don't have endo myself but i have clients who have endo and when they have a flare-up or they're in pain like i he- i've heard some horror stories i've had a client before who gets shooting pains down her leg from from her endo um, she can feel it in her, in her, not only her like pelvis, but also in her, in her legs as well. So yeah, there's a lot to take into consideration with, with endo and training and, um, yeah, I wouldn't be doing things like hit. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, um,
0: going to cause more stress on the body. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, it can kind of, yeah, so, like, taking into consideration, like, stress levels, mm-hmm. um, really important, you know, increased cortisol is going to cause mm-hmm. more inf- inflammatory things as well um, going on, as well as, you know, looking at your nervous system and and, yeah. and the strain that your nervous system is under as well. Um, I guess, is there any sort of research or anything that says, you know, we know that you know, sometimes with endo, it can be really painful to exercise during that time. Is there any research that says do or don't train with endometriosis? Like can gentle exercise help um, I, or is it best to avoid? Like how? how I you
1: think advise that you can still train. I think training is, I mean, I, I can't think of any research off the top of my head, but I, I still think it's the way you train rather than not training or training yeah. do you know what i mean like it's the way that you train um that will matter while having endo or having an endo flare-up you know yeah. like a flare-up is different to endo. you may have endometriosis but having a flare-up or experiencing a flare-up will you'll definitely need to change, change yeah um change your training but yeah i can't think of any like research off the top of my head but um yeah. Yeah, I, I think exercise is still, um, it's, it's important
0: whether you have endo or not. Yeah, as yeah. well for like mental health. And the same thing, like I think everything is like a spectrum mm-hmm. as well. So it's like which end of the spectrum are you at? Because mm-hmm. exercise can be a stress relief, mm-hmm. but it also can add stress. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if someone is like super highly stressed out, getting them to exercise might push them over the edge. But, you know, doing some gentle exercise might help increase like the release of those endorphins yeah. and, and help with, um, you know, exercise can be inflammatory and stressful. hmm with the the release of like certain hormones and things like that. But it can also help with, you know, anti being anti inflammatory. Just really depends yeah. like how like how intense you're going mm-hmm. as well. Or like how sustained that exercise is. Like are you sustaining high intensity for a long period of time or is it just small, like like lower level gentle exercise, which, mm-hmm. you know, can help um you know you can have the release of the anti-inflammatory cytokines and things like that as well so i think like with everything to do with women's health there is still so much more research that needs to be done yeah um you know i've just sort of looked at more so observational studies like case control studies anecdotal studies like nothing that's really like randomized controlled trials Mm -hmm. um if anybody has any or like has done some feel free to reach out and let us know but um yeah this is something that there is still so much more research that needs to be done yeah um in this area yeah definitely as well Mm -hmm. um anything else we needed to touch on in terms of training do you think I mean, we could talk about nutrition, but we could talk about that in another podcast in terms of like how you can, um, because that's also like another module in the course as well is is nutrition and supplementation, you know, during different times of the cycle when we become more insulin resistant or sensitive, you know, different micronutrients that we need to support our hormones. Mm -hmm. I think we can leave that for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah half an hour is a good (laughs) amount of time I just don't want to like make it too short but also you know go too long because I know people are busy and don't want to listen to
1: long yeah I just think the biggest take home from this is just treat your client as an individual and check in with them and get them to check in with themselves where they're at in their cycle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah, educate yourself on the cycle. And, you know, especially if you're a male coach, like educate yourself on the cycle. If you're a female coach, like you start practicing on yourself or Mm -hmm. start experimenting on yourself and noticing yourself in your own training, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how you, you know, how you best train and, and what's most effective. And, Think the camera just turned off so that's a good time <laughs> to finish up Alrighty, that happens every single time but thanks again faye Thank for joining me um if you guys enjoyed the episode please i don't think you can like but uh subscribe <laughs> <laughs> we needed this still uh subscribe you know do the whole screenshotty thing share you know we really want to get this information out there to not only like you know we do target more coaches or we do speak more so in terms of coaches but you know any woman this might help any woman in terms of her own training as well and it might help um help you help your clients if they're a little bit more clued up as well makes your job a bit easier so yeah catch you next time cool